0: Player props have never been more popular. Uh, they're at the heart of what we do here at 444 4 Bets, uh, but we've never really devoted an entire episode to the process, and we're gonna do that today. Um, how do I, we identify a bad line? Is there a sharp bookmaker for player props? And how do we avoid getting limited? Uh, plus, we're gonna touch on some of the early looks in the season-long prop market that have caught our attention, so let's take it. and welcome to Move the Line. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined here as always by Connor Allen. Connor, are you home today? I feel like you've been like traveling or you have like a bunch of upcoming travel going on. Uh looks like maybe you're at the home office today.
1: Yeah, I'm at home, but I'm heading to Vegas in like two hours. So uh, yeah, it's going to be like a show and then like, you know, take a lift out of here. Uh, yeah. And start gambling. Bastard party. So it should be a good time.
0: Nice. I uh, absolutely love that. and We'll Continue to live vicariously uh, through you, as along with our guest we were talking about before the show. i uh, brought on a special one for you today. A former teammate of ours here at 4, for 4 now, part of the props team, uh, wears many hats over at Establish the Run. It is Jack Miller. Jack, welcome to the show, bud.
2: Thank you guys for having me on. Excited to be here. Excited to talk props. Um I always like talking about betting stuff and good to see. I feel like the fantasy space transitioning a little bit more toward betting, which I I like a lot.
0: Yeah, love that. We'll talk specifically about that here today. I'll uh, we'll let fi- folks know that we will continue to have an episode every week leading up to the start of the season, which is fast approaching. Uh, we're in double digits now in terms of uh, countdown to days to opening day. Um, lots of uh, lots of other original content here on the 444 Bets YouTube page. Subscribe so you don't miss a show. Uh, if you'd like to support the free content, thumbs up, comments on the video, all the thi- all those things go a really long way. Um, Jump in the chat, let us know how you attack the prop market. Uh, Perhaps there's a favorite season-long look that you have out there right now. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Still available as well in podcast form, wherever you download podcasts, subscribe there, so you don't miss a show, five stars, all those things, again, go a long way in supporting all the free content, and we really, really appreciate that. Connor, uh, we have a new partnership, something I know that you're excited about and have been working on uh, behind the scenes of late. Um, Before we jump into today's topic, uh, let folks know about what's going on.
1: Yeah, so we have a new partner called Edge Boost, uh, and I'm kind of excited about it because it kind of matches like betting with credit except on legal books. And I think that that's uh, a pretty cool concept here. So this company uh, called Edge Boost, they will double your next bet at any sportsbook for free up to uh, $250. And it connects directly to your sportsbook. No fees, no interest. You can pay them back over a couple of weeks. So for those of you like me who have already basically used all of your sportsbook deposit bonuses and matches, I think this is a great way to maximize your winnings responsibly. Um, so if you've used credit books in the past, uh, like again, it's basically the same thing, except uh, you know on a legal purpose. So I think that this is a great, great way uh, to kind of gain leverage if you have you know a lot of conviction on a play or something like that. I think it's really, really. Um, yeah really really useful specifically and then if you guys want to listen to that in this episode I actually did a short 10 minute interview with the CEO and founder sunny Thomas super sharp guy uh, explains it significantly better than I do uh, but yeah I, th- I would definitely check it out I- I'm already signed up so
0: look yeah I'm interested in hearing more this is brand new for us so definitely hang out and check out the end of the interview you can get a you know a, probably a lot of your questions answered that interview, uh, with, with Connor there. So, uh, good stuff. Always want to remind folks before we jump into great time to scoop up a betting subscription at four for four, it's going to secure access to everything on the site, everything you're going to need to be profitable this season, articles, tools, rankings, projections, uh, DFS, high stakes, redraft, all the best ball stuff you could possibly imagine. Um, there's also the subscriber only discord, obviously, which is I think really the crown jewel of the subscription is essential to the betting sub. It's where all of the plays are pushed through, uh, great growing like-minded community so even if you know connor clark and i aren't in there all the time uh, there are lots of other folks that are very sharp uh, to kind of bounce stuff off of so great place to be um, if you dabble in any of the pick'em sites like prize picks underdog no house advantage vivid picks we have channels and posted plays in there as well you can head over to 444.com plans um, if you are looking to grab a subscription for cheap you just want to kind of dip your toes in the water Uh, We have partnered with both No House Advantage or Vivid Picks, whichever you like. You can do both. Um, Really, really easy. Just go download those apps. Use promo code four 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 bet when you sign up. Minimum deposit of five dollars. It's going to get you three months of a betting subscription at four four four. Now, it's not going to cover obviously the entire season, but it gets you just an access a little bit of what's going on now with the futures. Get you the start of the NFL season, which is pretty exciting too, or pretty close there too. So, uh, again great way to do it if you go over to like vivid they'll match your deposit bonus up to 200 bucks but if you're just looking to take advantage of the the betting subscription five dollars deposit uh so super cheap way to get access to all that we have going on um insanely good deal take advantage of it so all right gentlemen props it is uh it's been like I said at the top just kind of growing year over year I think we've seen as Jack even mentioned briefly we've seen the transition to maybe even old school fantasy players uh people that were just maybe size and totals because back in the day you know literally i've been betting uh nfl longer than jack has been alive we didn't have broad menus really it was just size and totals uh for the most part like very very limit small limits uh very small menus and now it's just a crazy world out there in terms of what we can do connor i know you've done a lot of work in terms of you know trying to scrape data to get an understanding of how we can leverage anything that's happened out there trend wise um, do you want to share some of that stuff before we get into it
1: yeah. We'll talk about that. So this is a season long prop market specifically. So I think that this is important to clarify there. So I went through the last two years of data. Shout out to Sam Hoppen for getting that all together for me. But if we look at, break it down by category, we break it down by year. So unders specifically in 2021, and we're talking about probably, I think we're at 650 prop sample size over two years. So not super small, like pretty significant, Um, We're looking at 63% of the time it went under in 2021, 60% went under in 2020. If we're looking at the specific categories, passing yardage unders went under at the highest rate, 74% over the past two seasons, 43 and 15 towards the under rushing touchdowns was the second highest at 66%, 39 and 20 towards the under. And this includes most domestic books, you know, DraftKings, Caesars, FanDuel, uh, you know, I think points bet as well, but most of the best lines were not there. And that was assuming you got the best line. So, you know, I think that for me, it's kind of like almost an under nothing at this point. And I was 75% unders last year. And I think this year, I'm probably just going to be a hundred percent unders Jack. Is that kind of how you approach it as well?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I think like, like you said, there's just so many ways for a player to go under. He can get injured. He can lose his job. I, I think, Under nothing is basically the way I'm going to be moving forward and the way we're going to be at ETR. I think last year on season-long unders, we were like 22-5. and So, I mean, you're talking about numbers where if you just blindly fire on the under, and if you take a moment and kind of look at projections or think through, you can hit even higher than the numbers you just threw out there. So, yeah, I think for season-long props at this point, it's pretty easy just to not take overs at all, really.
0: Yeah, you'd have to have like a a situation change where like you're kind of somewhat beating you know the market in terms of news or something like that, where there's a really clear role change or something that's happening that that makes the the overplay in the season long market. Because as you said, like you know we try to go back and forth in terms of what we do here at four for four with season long projections and how that like relates to. You know, games played, um, you know, how, what's our projection number in terms of, you know, games played? Are you using a full seven? Are we assuming full health, which I think is, you know, somewhat flawed to do. But I think obviously getting into the space where you're projecting injuries is also really a slippery slope, right? Where, um, you know, it's just a really, really hard thing to do. We see that in fantasy football for years where it's like, oh, no, this guy's injured. You can't take this guy or he's injury prone. We saw CMC last year. You can't take CMC 101 he gets hurt all the time and right. And then he, he just doesn't, It's just, it's a really hard thing to, to predict, but to Jack's point, there's so many outs, right. You just on top of bad performance, there's, you know you can lose a job and then just sometimes even the way some of these things are booked in. It's like, he, it's like a ceiling outcome. Um, and yeah, like I think we're predisposed to, at least I know I am right. This is something that like I've had to kind of step back and, and in terms of like looking at a matchup or looking at a player going into a season, Like, I really like that guy this year. I think he is set up for a really nice year. Um, We're less likely to lean on, I just don't like this guy this year. Um, Mm -hmm. There's nothing really analytically driving that. But, like, even in a week-to-week situation, and we'll get into that more too, it's like, I really like this matchup for player X. Well, does that mean that that number is already accounting for the fact that they expect you to like it? This matchup is terrific. Well, yeah, they're probably baking in some of that into the number. Connor, how do we like handle some of that like nuance in terms of situational change, player you know, matching like, oh, look, he's in comparatively, to like his ADP in underdog. It, their numbers are 200 yards off in the play, like some of the stuff that we see out there in the space.
1: Yeah, I think it's tough, and it's something we've talked about occasionally, but it's like finding ways to pick, like get exposure to players that you like versus don't like, and I think that the binary proud market is just not a way to – get good exposure to like up to an over or like if you like a player I think that fantasy just generally like if you like a player you probably think that there's significant upside to said player at least if you're playing fantasy right and so like drafting that player or being aggressive with drafting them in fantasy leagues I think is probably the better way to get exposure to a player than betting an over because like you said there's just so many outs for an under I mean like even last year like you know I liked Allen Robinson like I thought Allen Robinson was going to be good And we can talk about this later, but like I adjusted off my prior very fast. It was like halftime, I think, of the Thursday night game. I'm watching at Vegas. I'm like, dude, this guy's cooked. I'm like, he's got nothing left. He's like barely getting open, not getting targeted. I was like, this is sunk. Uh, So obviously I was holding on hope, but like I kind of knew right away. So it's one of those things where I just think that for now on, like I look back at the overs because obviously we track everything in 4-4. I look back at everything and I'm like, what was I thinking on some of these? You know, it looks so dumb in hindsight and there's just so many outs for unders season long right jack like we're, we're betting into this market now right
0: and the books are slowly kind of leaking some stuff out we've had you know kind of a little bit of a dump from caesars we could talk about some of those plays later at the end um you know is it what are the situations in which you would take an over
2: there are very few to be honest i think it would really have to be a scenario in which a guy could get there in 12-ish games just to bake in any possibility of injury or, or losing his job, I think it would really have to be an egregiously bad number or an egregious difference from our projections, I should say, um, for me to actually be interested in betting real money on and over. Um, and I I do think what Connor said about like the fantasy market, um, which is ADP, like that's attempting to price in a whole range of outcomes. Whereas we're only looking at like the, the binary yes or no, does he have this many yards? Um, So I do think it's kind of like a a different discussion there. And I agree with what Connor said about if I like a guy, I'm much more likely to get my exposure to him in fantasy rather than taking it over just because there's so many ways for it to lose. Jack, this applies to both futures bets or season long props. Um, But considering that you're
0: going to make a bet now into the future market, that's not going to pay you out probably until February um, right. Or like late January. Um, how do you like, in terms of bankroll management, in terms of, um, exposure, how do you handle the futures market in general?
2: Yeah, I think that's one of like the most interesting questions, um, that a lot of maybe new bettors don't think as much about me personally. I'm fine betting a lot of my bankroll into futures because at this point I've hit like limits on in-season props and I don't, I don't bet sides and totals as much. So I'm not really, you know, looking to bet like the super nosebleed stakes. I'm I'm just doing props and I've hit the limits on props. And so I'd rather have my money invested in the futures rather than have it just sitting there. But I think if you have a smaller bankroll, it does make a lot of sense to consider like if I put this amount into futures, then I can only bet this amount on in-season props because you lose that compounding um, weekly edge if you don't have the bankroll because it's all tied up for six months.
1: Yeah. I think if you, I mean, there's definitely a way to calculate this actually. So it's, if you consider like your expected value of your futures prop, your expected value of your in-season props, and then compare it to like the time value of money, essentially like the, you know, the opportunity cost of what you're foregoing basically with like tying it up. Honestly, it's just too much math for me to consider and like it's mar- probably marginal. Uh, so like, it's just kind of one of those things where for me it's opportunity based. And I would say like, if, know if i see something i'm like oh this is like you know again like you're looking for unders or something that you're thinking probably for me and honestly in in season long it's like kind of like a 70 percent plus like range of outcomes or they're just not factoring in certain factors where there's like an extra one or two outs i think a good example for me was like the jimmy garoppolo stuff so like those were hanging out there and like you know i think it was probably a little overblown by the media to be entirely honest but it looks like you know he might not be ready for the season he's got a surgery that no one knew about He failed his physical, you know, like he could be cut technically again. I really don't think that's going to happen, but like all of those factors combined, it's like, okay, well, his number probably shouldn't be sitting exactly where it opened two months ago. And like our projections have him right around there. But I was like, look, if he misses any games, like it's going to be an uphill battle all year. Plus it's not like he's had a good bill of health, like his entire career, basically, even if he does. So, um, I don't know, Jack, did you think about that one at all? Or did you guys look at that?
2: I thought about it. We project over on garoppolo um by a few hundred yards so i didn't end up taking it but i definitely get the logic there um and then just to add on on like the whole like theory behind tying up money for for months i do think another thing to consider um and we're like really getting into the weeds here is like some of these like super high hold markets that aren't gonna pay out for like a year whatever like the edge on super bowl odds right now, like is probably not super high. So if you're thinking about betting something like that, um, even if you think you have a positive edge, which I'd say like most of the time, you probably don't, you could probably like make more money, like in like stocks or bonds or something like there's other options that do, do stuff with your money besides betting. And I think like when you're placing a bet, um, eight months in the future, uh, you you also have to consider like could I make more with my money doing something else besides betting on sports?
0: Yeah, all great points. And I know uh, we talked about it a little bit early this off with Clark, and we'll probably do so here in the uh, in terms of like you know futures and his thought process there too. Because I think uh, you know there is math, like Connor said, it's definitely probably a little long and not a great listen for this podcast. But I do think it is important to understand the opportunity cost of of what's going on in terms of you know letting a number that you think is bad. Um, just kind of go because you don't want that money to, to sit there. I think it's also, you know, you're missing an opportunity to take advantage of of bad lines, especially if you've proven if you're ideally, first of all, you should be tracking everything. You should be tracking this to be able to see, OK, is this something that I should be allocating more budget to every year? Because my ROI is pretty solid. And even though um, it does sit out there for a little bit, I do feel like I have an edge here. Um, so I think some folks do shy away from futures because of that. Uh, but there's probably a missed opportunity there as well. We are seeing, as we've talked about already, a little of the fantasy move to you know betting. And I think we've saw it where there was an introduction for years for a lot of people with DFS. Um, we get into DFS sites similar to ours, right? Betting is relatively new. Connor and I have essentially brought f- betting to 4 for 4 which is just kind of an OG um, season-long fantasy site that's started to do DFS when DFS blew up. And um, taking DFS projections and attempting to use them as the end-all be-all uh, into the prop space especially when you're getting into like not understanding are those projections mean or median um, is going to leave you in a really dangerous spot connor in terms of overs or unders based off of uh, for using mean or median
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good point here. And I think just like, if you're looking at projections across the industry, I know that other sites, you know have median projections, they have mean projections, and that's something that we're going to offer front facing on our player prop tool this year specifically. But it's just important differentiation because with fantasy, kind of like Joe, what Jack said, you know, like you're looking at a whole range of outcomes, like ceiling outcomes in fantasy matter, like, you know, Infinitely more than in betting, uh, because unless you're taking ladders, which I will say, I think that's probably another good way to capture upside if you are going to bet an over is to bet some ladders. Um instead can you explain of
0: explain to folks that don't know what that is just in case.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So ladders are you know, you know, say me like a donkey, bet you know, Allen Robinson over you know, 50 his over under is fifty six and a half receiving yards in week one. You can bet 70 plus instead of at minus one fifteen, you can get it at like plus one twenty-five, plus 80 plus receiving yards at like plus two hundred, ninety plus, you know, and it goes up and up. So that way, basically, it's just like if you have conviction on a player, if you think that he's in a good position, good matchup, whatever, however you analyze the game, you're kind of maximizing, um, you know, your expected value, I think, as long as the players range of outcomes are uh, volatile. So, yeah, I think that like understanding which projections you're using and like, I guess the understanding of how good they are for each aspect is really, really important. Yeah, something that you said we're working
0: on and consider, you know, what we do is one of the best in the space, obviously, ETR as well. Um, how, Jack, do you go about determining other than obviously putting it to the test? But Like you're tuning in new, no idea who 444 is, who ETR is. It's not like a 444 versus ETR, but how do you determine like what's a good projection site? What are good numbers? What are some of the, um, you know, kind of the things that go into feeding some of that stuff to make sure that you guys are getting down on on good numbers as soon as they come out?
2: well for us we basically just use like our numbers and then we all, we're also um comparing to other sites i think we use four for four we use Osimo or scotastic now um so so we're kind of take we're mostly using our projections but then we're also using like a wisdom of the crowds approach because we found kind of fairly consistently that putting all the projections together um is a pretty good predictor and sometimes even a better predictor than our projections or any individual projections. Um, so I, I think a lot of the big names, though, in the industry have pretty reliable projections, whether it be ETR, 4 for 4 um, Fantasy Labs. Like, there's there's a bunch out there. Uh, the issue, though, would be that for all of these projections, if they're publicly available, um, which ours are, I think 4 for 4s are like other people are using those too so I guess that's just something I'd keep in mind um but yeah I think there's a ton of good good projection sources out there at this point it's just a question of which are which spots can you find to beat the market
0: yeah we have a lot of tools set up Connor that are hopefully tying that in to making it easier for people uh you know where you can like look at our projection next to you know all the numbers that are out there in Sportsbook to kind of get you an understanding of where the best line is um c- trying to continue to make it is you yeah, we can come in, you can get picks, you can get into Discord, you can find out what Connor and I are firing at, but we really do want to lean on the teach a man to fish scenario where um, partially it's accountability, right? Like this is, you talked about it the other show, it's a very slippery slope in terms of sports betting. Um, in this space too, where you're essentially buying picks, we don't wanna be necessarily a pick selling service, right? We, we wanna give you tools that help you educate um community that helps educate you in terms of the best way to do so versus just i don't have any time I'm just going to tail whatever these two guys are doing. Uh, and then you just crush us when we have a bad week. And uh, we don't want that at all either.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny because I th- I think it's interesting. Like we see different people have different approach. And I think that it makes sense in some aspects to not include any reasoning. Like I think, you know, I, I yeah, believe it's like Hit- Hitman does it. I believe ETR, you guys don't generally provide any reasoning unless asked or like talked about it. Um, and a lot of it's like, we don't want to give our edge away. RAS does it as well. And that's kind of the reason on everything is they say they don't want to give their edge away at all. And so if we kind of like factor that in, you know, like, I think we've taken a different approach, you know, for better or worse on a lot of it, because it is kind of a teaching man to fish. But at the same time, like, you know, I can definitely like, if you have the track record to back it up, like, you know, like ETR does like hitman does and like, you know, like all these people are like, well. Well, I, well, you know, fuck you. Like, I don't need to give you anything, you know, like you pay, you're going to pay for it anyways. We're going to win. So just bet it, you know, like, and I think that's a total reasonable approach as long as you can back it up. Now that's the biggest factor. If you can't, if you're going through a ton of swings, like it's not quite as easy to kind of do that. So yeah, I don't know. I think that the prop market specifically though, you talked about projections and like whether people have that information with how much it's steamed based, like at this point with like Twitter cappers with, you know, random people who maybe aren't using projections or just like, you know, pulling up the graphs and saying like, Oh, this player in seven of the last eight and I don't care about anything else. Just going to bet the over, you know, like that stuff to a large amount of followers can move markets pretty significantly. And so. I mean, it's something that I'm going to be paying attention more to, to try and like bet opposite of, opposites of, like honestly at this point, because like that's something where they're not factoring information, they're moving the marketing correctly, which is just moving off steam and there could be value on the other side. It's a good
0: point. Yeah, that's,
1: uh, it is definitely a market that moves in a way that does not really replicate
0: size and totals uh, because, you know, we have what we've heard Clark talk about basically like the top down. Approach um, that is really prominent, the top-down method inside the totals, where you have these books that are known to be sharp lines, right? They are originators, the pinnacle bookmaker. You know, even the you know the circuit circuit model, which is you know, kind of unique, um, where basically their line is considered, especially as you get closer to kick on a Sunday, it's like the truth, right? We know that it's you know there's so much liquidity into that line at that point where you feel like it's shaped. They've been able to leverage instead of limits, they're able to leverage the information from, um, you know, their database to just kind of make sure that the line is cultivated the right way. We don't really have that in, in prop markets because first of all, we don't really have a clear, like sharp book um, in terms of like a a line originator, you know, we just don't really have it as much. And because limits are lower and because steam is such a thing, um, it makes it a little bit harder to kind of make sure that you're getting the right line now there's closing line value in terms of like did i beat the opening number or the closing number but we don't know that it makes as much sense in terms of like sides or totals and you know i beat the closing line value in terms of sides and totals typically you're going to be profitable that isn't always the case jack in terms of of prop bets um is there a book that you respect a little bit more in terms of their opening lines or um, where they close on a sunday versus others knowing that they are steamed more than pretty much anything else out there
2: yeah, I I think it's interesting um, because I don't think a lot of people really like think about this, but I think it's something that if you're betting these, it's really helpful to know. Um, for props, I definitely think like the pinnacles and bookmakers of the world that are you know known for sides and totals are not the best source here. I'd say Caesars is probably the best because they take the biggest limits. Um, they like they were taking like. Thousands of dollars on props last NFL season, which is kind of ridiculous compared to what everyone else is doing. Um, so, like, and, and um, they would open it like the same lines as DraftKings. So, like, if if you saw something was minus one hundred and fifty at Caesars, but minus one hundred and fifteen at DraftKings, that doesn't mean like there's value on the Caesars opposite side. It means like someone smart hit the Caesars line. Um, the second sharpest, I think, would be FanDuel. They're kind of Sometimes they go um, a little bit crazy on their openers because they don't have the same source as uh, a DraftKings, Caesars. Um, but their closing lines, I think they take the second biggest limits. I could be wrong there, but I'd say Caesars and FanDuel would be the best. But it's not like the same as a, a pinnacle for sides and totals where it's a source of, of truth.
0: Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with that too, Connor. Would you say, I mean, like, I they're not necessarily – uh, the best originators, but they let us get down, which is really part of the game at this point. Uh, it becomes really, really critical over a long period of time if you are showing that you're winning better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even think like Caesar's taking thousands in on props is pretty crazy. I think to me, to be honest, like I completely understand not wanting to take a lot in props, but like FanDuel usually, yeah, like closing lines you able to get down like a couple hundred at least usually. Even my accounts, you know, pretty much cooked at this point on FanDuel on any future, like any long shot futures is usually like in the twenty to thirty dollar range. Um, whereas like props, uh, openers, you know, obviously are a lot less, but, um, you know, closing ones, you can get down a decent amount. Uh, yeah. I mean, so actually Caesars, that's, uh, I'm now, uh, you know, making my reward status pretty high b- based on lately because it's the only place that'll take, you know, any action. But in terms of limits overall, something I've been thinking about is like, obviously i think that betting on every like just having access to multiple sports books is so important and like spreading your action around and getting down what you can because usually like DraftKings, caesars and mgm are kind of like pretty close to each other FanDuel has been opening on like saturday mornings a lot of their props which kind of sucks but at the same time if they're willing to take more it's okay um and then uh yeah i mean like points bet i don't even know if they're worth talking about because they won't take more than like 25 50 bucks on anything
2: yeah, I, I think uh people talk about having multiple sports books a lot in terms of finding the best line, but I think for props, like when we're talk like when we're talking about sides and totals, we're talking about like a two, three percent edge. Props could be a 10% edge. Um, so there's a little bit more leeway there in terms of like finding something that is plus EV period. So I definitely agree with using your outs, not just in terms of using the right line, but in terms of like if you can get you know, Patrick Mahomes over 284 yards minus 110 on DraftKings, And you think that's like a 11% edge. Then you could also bet that on FanDuel, like 285 and a half minus 115. And like, it's still probably plus EV and you're maximizing uh, how much you can get down.
1: Yeah. That's a great point. Cause it's like kind of gone in the days of like, oh, you need to shop around. You need to find the best number. It's like, if you have an edge, you have an edge. And like, cause getting down is such a problem for anyone trying to get down. I would say in the, I don't know two to $500 unit range, I would say per prop and obviously way more. Um, you know, like, but I think in that kind of range, like it's not necessarily easy to get down on. So yeah, like honestly, line shopping is obviously important. Get the best number if you can, but I would say almost like I was eating some shittier lines just because I couldn't get down enough on the better ones. Um, just because of what it is. And also, I mean, I think that, I think we're probably allowed to talk about this because I brought it up at the top, but, uh, you know, price per head shops, I think are really good. So those are local bookies. For those who don't know, you know, people who just use a website, they take action off of that. They have a thing called prop builder. Um, and usually that'll take usually 200 to 250 bucks, like just, and the lines usually drop like Fridays. Um, the lines are i would say actually pretty sharp for the most part um they update quickly they are like done by one service so like using that is usually fine but obviously having one or two extra books that will give you you know 200 bucks a click on those 250 on those like can obviously help as well getting down on props for those looking to kind of spread some action
2: yeah and the one caveat here is that if we're talking about like betting the same prop on like five to ten books you kind of have to originate your own stuff because if you're following an ETR or a Hitman or four for four Bet the prop or whoever, the lines move like, like ETR takes lines down in like five seconds. Like it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so if you're, you know, if we put out some type of prop and you're trying to bet it on 10 different sports books, like it's just not going to happen because it's not going to be there unless you have like a, a paperhead book um, that, that, you know, has some stale line out still. But in general, for for that, I think it's a very smart strategy, um, just to eat a little bit worse lines, just to get more down. If you think you have an edge, but you do have to be originating your own plays as opposed to following someone else.
0: This is actually another one of those spots where the pickem sites have actually, you know, maybe I've warmed up to more over the years, right? Because the natural reason that you want to stay away from these spots is that they force you to parlay, right? And that's for the most part. You know, it can be uncorrelated parlays, meaning like if you're betting, you know, Nick Chubb uh, under 88 rushing yards and, you know, Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns and they don't play each other, like they really have nothing to do with each other. But because they are typically just slower to react. I know, again, they don't have the menu of every, you know, a lot of these sports books. But, um, you know, some of the like bigger markets, the you know, more general markets, they're slower to react and those numbers are out there. So at times it's like, well... I'm willing to, if I feel like I have a massive edge, now you're not moving quickly on this. I'm willing to maybe eat a little bit of this, Connor, and, and get in and, and make a, you know, a smart two or three leg. And again, we've done some of the math in terms of like what's the best way to, to you know, build those, you know, plays out to make sure that you're maximizing the return on them. But uh yeah, that's kind of been some of the appeal to me of, of those over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, Noonan, I don't know if you know, but we are in the presence of a pickum master. I mean, Jack has gotten kicked off of multiple pick' sites, I believe. So I'm gonna let him take this
2: question because uh, I have not been kicked off of any. So I'll uh, kick it to Jack here. To be fair, I deserve my prize pick fan because <laughs> i I was uh, doing the college basketball and then they limited me. And I multi Um, and it was like I did it like extremely obviously. Like <laughs> I made very little effort to hide what I was doing, and they caught on quick. Um, so I can't be mad at that one. But Super Draft, I was doing a lot of WNBA Pickem last year, and they did just straight up ban me. And I've tried to get it back, but they said no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the Pickem sites. This is like the place where I think I'm like most in opposition to like what I see a lot on Twitter. um, I think parlays and the forest pick'em sites are super valuable um, because they allow you to get down more. And I think for like 98% of Twitter or people, the blanket advice that parlays are bad works because most people are like losing betters. But if you're a winning better, the edge compounds positively in the same way it does negatively. So you can get more down by parlaying something. Um, and your edges compounding. So I'm a bit, I'm a big pro parlay advocate. Um, same idea with the the forest parlay sites.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also we've mentioned it a couple of times on this show that like getting down on situational things, uh, you know, on these sites is so much easier. So like week one last year, uh, Niners bears play Chicago. It's pouring rain the entire time. You're able to do a five leg parlay of every single passing and receiving under, like Fields under, Lance under, every receiver under. And I mean, they were taking like a couple hundred bucks to win. You know, I mean, I I was able to win thousands on that easily just by getting down a couple hundred because it was just like such a good situational edge that like DraftKings was like, Fields prop was like, went from like 205 to like close like 170 or something like that by kickoff, maybe even lower. Whereas like, you know, prize picks, other ones were like floating still like 190, 195, you know, something like that. And like all the receivers were still up, whereas like the legals were just like pulling everything down as fast as possible. And then, same with later in the season with like the Vikings last year, like you know, Vivid was posting lines on the Vikings, and like we knew they're only gonna play a half, so like it was a little bit too close for comfort. We but we won, and like you know, you could bet the under like blindly there, so like they'll post things that other books don't have, they'll take higher limits. So, yeah, like I definitely understand that you're losing some EV on like you could get this parlay at draftings, but you'll also only get. Two dollars and thirty cents on DraftKings, you know, whereas you can get two hundred thirty dollars on one well, of the other sides.
2: Yeah, and uh, Underdog, um, their them If you do the three legs, it's minus one twenty-two average. I think five legs is like minus one twenty-one, so might be a little bit better. Um, and they don't limit individual users, so I think that's super valuable. Um, and then for situations like that, Bears Niners game, the the big one that I remember is the Brown Saints win game last year. Um, uh, even on the like sports books, they were pricing correlation wrong because they were assuming it was a normal game. So like Deshaun Watson pass yards under and Andy Dalton pass yards under usually would be negatively correlated because you think like one of them's losing or, or whatever. So they're more likely to pass more, but this was a situation in which um, they're just going to run the whole game because they can't throw in 40 mile an hour wins. So I think situations like those are another spot where parlays are valuable, where like the book, or same game parlays are valuable, I should say, where the books are pricing correlation normally or in any situation, just incorrectly. And you can kind of take advantage of that some of the time.
0: Yeah, so, so remember the top, five bucks, no house advantage, vivid picks, four for four bet, uh, get the betting sub, uh, get in there. I'm I'm excited. I did not take advantage of Vivid last season, and I definitely uh, will be this year because I completely nuked my DraftKings account. So, um, and I they're typically pretty quick and early in the the tackle streets, which is something that I I like to get down on. Um, how you know, Jack, you talked about basically you know you are not doing anything side to totals. You are doing other sports. Um, I'm assuming for the most part those are also props. Um, but you can tell me if I'm wrong, how do we mix in some other stuff, right? Where you kind of keep them off the scent. Like Connor and I have talked about this a lot where, you know, you don't want to necessarily make a negative EV bet. But maybe you'll bet a side or a total here or there. You'll mix it in a little bit. So that way you're trying to like, you know, just wet the beak a little bit of the sports book, let them know, Hey, I'm not just you know going to beat you on closing lines all the time. I'm not just going to destroy you in the prop market. I'm willing to get you a little bit of something else. Is that part of your process at all to kind of balance balance your portfolio, but just kind of sometimes throw them off the scent a little bit.
2: Yeah, this is something I think I could be better at. And it's part of the reason why like 90% of the bets I'm making are at Caesars nowadays. Um, but I, I do think there's some value in, in betting sides and totals. If you can find one that is zero EV, like in if you're betting mostly props, a zero EV side is like positive EV because it's good for account longevity. Um, another one, and I don't totally know if this is true, so I can't like really go out and say it. Like this will help preserve your accounts, but I do think maybe sportsbooks just see like prop parlays and think like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, or like same game parlays maybe, because um, that looks like pretty square action, because they love same game parlays and they love parlays in general. So if you're making plus EV parlays, maybe that could preserve your account a little bit longer. But that's kind of just a theory as opposed to something that I like heard from someone working at a sports book um, that uh, they actually do look at. Um, I I do think like also if you get a new account, I don't know if we can get into that at all. And it's like a long-term loser. And all of a sudden you're like max betting WNBA props. Like you're probably going to be found out pretty fast. So just kind of thinking through like from the book perspective, like what does this action look like? is pretty helpful um but that's that's definitely an area in which i'm like looking to improve still
1: yeah it's not something that i've done particularly well either to be honest um and has resulted in you know obviously a lot of issues to given where we're currently at but uh illinois will be getting i believe mobile casino pretty soon that's something that i've heard is actually very successful in preserving accounts is like people are you know doing slots and you know like blackjack you know things like that helps a lot and you sit on the couch ripping slots on your phone (laughs) I'm just gonna get like uh like just like a bot to like just press the button you know like 100 bucks a day you know whatever just like (laughs) however long it takes to burn through 100 bucks a day you know like I don't even want to win just donate it um I tried to do that uh with college basketball during the tournament I was betting like last minute sides still got banned uh like I I don't think I want any money like I think I was like even and I was betting like last minute like just laying the points with UConn every time. I mean, I, that that ended up working, but everything else was like not that good. So yeah,
2: they're they're probably like, wow, this guy's like super sharp. Just <laughs> I mean, UConn's crushing the the line every game. Yeah, man. I just like I like their style, and I guess that turned out pretty well. But
1: uh, like, I think the same game parlay thing. I've heard a lot of people have success with that specifically. Like, just do like a lot of same game parlays, and if you can get down on that, like, so MGM actually. Um, I'm, you know, I'm cooked on that, but they were letting me get down 200, uh, on same game parlays. So you were able to do, so what I was able to do later in the season was you can bet like, you know, and they have like alternates. So you bet your regular prop and then throw in like the quarterback over like 20 pass attempts or like the running back over, like, you know, the bare minimum, like rush attempts. And I know, again, like, I know you're losing EV, but like, you're able to get down a little bit more. Um, and I think that that, like, especially on a side like MGM, where I would say the lines are fairly soft in a lot of areas like that's a really good way to get down a little bit more and it's something that I started playing with last year now again could be different this year but i mean it was like most of the playoffs i was able to get down you know usually to win 2000 total um uh, on a lot of that stuff
0: yeah the problem i'm running into like so it's, i don't bet a lot of sides but when i do bet sides it's almost exclusively the look ahead window um with the sole purpose that i'm going to beat the closing line so that's not great. Um, I used to tell myself a story that um, betting golf outrights would help preserve my accounts. That did not work either. Just Theoretically, I mean, it's a 156 guy golf tournament. I'm picking, you know, three or four guys to win. Uh, you know, you would think that like, hey, this guy doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, so that is just kind of a trick too that doesn't really work. So yeah, I, I think these are all really good, uh, good tips try i think try to spread yourself out you know in a spot last year where obviously we had a lot of success with the tackles um it felt like we were moving the market in a pretty massive way in an untapped market uh but there's no way that that did not put me uh even more so on radars very very quickly and now i mean literally cannot get down more than 50 cents on anything on DraftKings, which is very very frustrating so well, my wife is suddenly very much into tackles. Uh, we'll see how that works. But again, that's kind of speaks to Jack's point. Like that's kind of a dormant account that's been there for three years, is bet like a total of maybe five or six times, and then all of a sudden we come hammering, you know, three hundred dollar tackle props. We're probably in some trouble there too. So it's a slippery, slippery slope.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I have you thought thought at all about like how you're gonna approach that? Because I mean, like props niche tackle props are even more like I know.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's something, too, that was interesting, and I was going to bring it up, and I know Jack brought it up already, because I know he he bets WNBA and some stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, you're betting the niche stuff, and then, yeah, it's not getting bet into as much as some of the other stuff, but I feel like that flags you even quicker, because, like, why all of a sudden is this guy betting massive amounts of money into a, you know, very much a niche market and is hammering us? Uh, That's going to very much set off some alarm so caesars does offer tackle props so that's pretty massive i need to do a better job of taking advantage of the pick sites uh i would love to see fandle i don't have really any problems with Fanduel, um but i would love for for fandle to get into to that street but really it's probably just going to be a lot of uh action over at caesars for the most part so yeah it's it's uh i'm not looking forward to to figuring it out because DraftKings kings is usually first um and sometimes a little bit better but yeah that's uh that's long gone
2: yeah i was as as someone who is not really in the accounts game that much um caesar's prop builder and then the pick sites are basically like almost all of where i'm betting these days
0: yeah it's it's uh it's it's tricky it is definitely you know and we hear levitan and etr talking all the time about clean accounts and you know doing your best to make sure that you are doing not doing what what we did basically uh, on DraftKings and in destroying accounts, but at the same time, like sometimes you got an edge. It's unique. You got to push a little bit. I um, you know, figure it out after the fact, and that's kind of where we are now, figuring it out after the fact. So,
1: yeah. Some, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people in our same boat here too. I had a bunch of subscribers like reach out to me because I was like, I mean, there are some ways around, not even necessarily around it, but like just like ways to get down. And I think that we did a pretty good job explaining that. And I was listening to some. I don't remember where it was, but some like pro batters are talking about like being a pro bettor is like less about like even like having an edge and more about just like finding accounts to get down on and like where you can have liquidity at because it's like otherwise you know even if you have an edge like if you can't get down on it like it basically doesn't even exist like it doesn't even matter
0: that's kind of how i felt i I feel like being in some chats and some group chats with jack I kind of felt like that with the nfl draft especially early in draft season where you know books were so slow to put stuff out and it was almost exclusively DraftKings, and it's like Am I even betting the NFL draft this year? Because, like, they're the only place that takes anything. And, I, you know, I, I remember trying to get down on Bijan in, like, you know, early March. Bijan and the Falcons. And, it's like, I saved a screenshot. It's hilarious. I did it last night where I was, like, trying to find some speculative stuff on Deshaun Watson. like Or uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Where is he going to play? I'm like, oh, 25 to 1 for him to go back to Houston? That's interesting. DraftKings has that. 39 cents like i don't even know what to do with that like where is that number even like born out of so um that becomes very very frustrating frustrating especially when they do offer a sizable pool of options you know, trying to navigate that is uh is pretty frustrating it just it takes you out you can't even really it doesn't even exist because you can't really get down on it
2: yeah i forgot who tweeted it but like someone was tweeting about how caesar's on nfl preps, i think it's like minus 117 on college basketball props they're charging minus 121 um and someone tweeted like the juice doesn't matter and i i it kind of reminded me of like the meme with like the bell curve and like the guys on opposite <laughs> end and then the guy like this Literally. doesn't it, it won't apply for like 99% of people but like on like with the Caesars charging higher juice but also taking higher limits it's like like you know i'm just going to bet this at Caesars and then the middle guys like no Caesars is charging like point five percent extra hole and then on the far right side you've got again like the juice doesn't matter (laughs) it's kind of it's
0: kind of where we're at uh good anything else i i guess kind of you know fifty thousand foot view in terms of props that you guys wanted to share we can get into some other any early looks that you like that are kind of out there in the prop market again mostly over at caesars so we'll jump into some of those if you guys don't have anything else for the people
2: no i'm good i think that's it
0: yeah uh Connor, you've dug in and you've uh, fired at a few things and I know some other this stuff danced around, I have some notes too, some stuff that I like. Again, utilizing some tools, we have a lot of this on the site that you can be able to, you know, if you have access to all these books and you can get down, um, we have tools out there where you can, get, you know, compare lines. Um, we ha- even have tools in season where, you know, it is factoring the price as well so that you understand Really what the ev is on the bats and not just you know the actually you know binary over under number i think that's really important too as jack has kind of spoke of it might be one minus 150 at one place and minus 115 at another uh we have some of the tools on site that could do that for you as well uh connor I'll let you get kicked off um share something that you like that's out there uh ideally over at caesars <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i thought one that was fun uh was dj chark under well it's not fun it's an under but dj chark under 725 uh i mean that opened in 750 like I mean, I think there's a legit chance he gets out-targeted by Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo. Like, I mean, uh, I think that, you know, the tight end could end up playing a role as well. Like, I just, that's way too much confidence in a guy who literally only runs, like, nines. Like, I mean, he literally doesn't do anything else if you look at his routes. So, yeah, I mean, like, Bryce Young, I think it'll be good. It'll be an upgrade. We even projected for, like, around, I think, like, mid-600s. It just seems like one of those things where if Mingo steps up at all, like, he could legit be third in targets on a team that... I mean, we have just don't really know much about their passing game. Like Bryce Young's passing yardage right now is like mid 3000s. Like I, I just don't think that they're going to be all that good, like right away. So I thought that one was pretty interesting. Um, I don't know how many you want me to give. I got like, I got like two that I really like two or three that I really like. Send them all to Jack, but like, other than that, like we can't, I can't release them officially because they'll get, they'll like, see the Caesars lines move off of like a couple hundred bucks a pop. So, um, I don't think that, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Do you think the listeners will move the line like, uh, you know, pun intended there like that much or no?
0: I've seen it happen. I mean, look, I, I, again, we're not the only ones that were doing, uh, you know, content around the, the awards market. Uh, But, you know, we talked about, I think like Rishi Rice, um, that number was like 66 to one. When we did the show, I went to write up an article about it a couple of days later and it was 35. So, Again, these things do move. I do think that there are, you know, other people out there doing that content and have probably
1: noticed that line as well. But
0: think that's what we're here for, right? Just, we are.
1: All right, then I'm giving one. That's it. That's my. That's my <laughs> one. I got. I got three more because I'm. I'm hoping that other books release these because, I mean, I got down on a little bit on it, but like I don't want to like destroy the market. So like, all right,
0: we'll do. We'll do one each then. We don't want to kill all right, it. All right, I'm all not right. going to do this one, but another one that's interesting and maybe we could talk about it too because, as we get into these situations, we've done this in the Wind Total Streets where we have some leans under on multiple teams in the division and that gets a little bit tricky too. Um I also think it's not mine. I'll come back, but Adam Thielen under is also pretty interesting to me too. Fairly dusty, uh, the number is, I think, 575 and a half. Now we're, we're banking on two unders on the same team. Maybe we should just be betting, uh, you know, Bryce Young unders. But I also think that like, Thielen is is maybe on the wrong side of it at 32 and uh, not being able to get any separation. All that stuff is kind of trending in the wrong direction. So I uh, like the shark play too. But what's one for you, Jack? And We'll let you give out. Uh, you can give out more if you want to, but you don't have to.
2: Uh, i'll stick with Juan. if everyone's doing one i do like the the feel in play uh 700 yards in 17 games last year and his yards per outrun has gone down in five straight seasons so i think he's he's pretty much washed kind of he's dust um and a, on a way worse passing offense i'll give out um this one was like 25 or 50 yards higher when it came out but i, I like marquez valdez scantling under 625 he had Around six seventy-five, if I'm remembering last year, and he played all seventeen games. There's uh, some possibility that Kadarius Tony does well, although you know I'm not super optimistic on that. Maybe Sky Morrison's uh, the big one. Obviously, would be maybe they sign DeAndre Hopkins, but I think like even in the current st- where he is right now, he has not proven the ability to gain to earn targets, even with a pretty terrible depth chart at wide receiver. And he had six hundred seventy-five in. 17 games he played every game last year uh he could get hurt and go under that number maybe sky or Kadarius tony ascends maybe they sign hopkins i think there's just a lot of ways for him to go under that number
0: i think we're all kind of touching on some of uh, the key things that i think we should be looking at too and that's like ambiguity in the situation we have some unknowns in terms of like where is shark in the you know pecking order of carolina receivers you know jack just listed a bunch of chiefs wide receivers that could really emerge in terms of like second year in the system second year in the league um they can go out and add a you know dandre hopkins and change the dynamic of that entire offense so leaning on those situations i think are are really good to attack and that's kind of where i am too and i love to get you guys thoughts is um jeff wilson's rushing yards uh 600 and a half i think is the number on caesars where we have. Three running backs there, right? They drafted uh, Devin A-Chain. They only had four picks in the entire draft. They used one on A-Chain. Like, you saw the clip of Mike McDaniel, like, fist-pumping when they drafted him. Like, he's super fired up there. Uh, they obviously have Raheem Moster back. Uh, this is a team that, you know, with Tua, I think will continue as long as he's upright, continue to skew a little bit uh, pass-heavy. And there's just a lot of unknowns in terms of what the balance is there. We know it's really tricky to kind of pinpoint what a Mike McDaniel – you know, Kyle Shanahan, 49 or backfield is going to look like. So lean under Um, our projections are way short of this. I want to talk to Paulson about it too. You know, was really kind of the first in line in terms of what those look like, but I think we have them at 388. So we are comfortably under uh, 600 yards right now um, in our stages of projections. But again, just to the point of the same thing that the other guys did here too, is just, there's a lot of unknown in terms of usage. And uh, I think that's pretty bad number at 600
2: and a half. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Better, right? We have, uh, yeah, I, I did like that one. Someone uh, sent it to me like Ray right when it opened. Uh, they also sent Moster- Mostert, um, which I also like as an under. It, it is kind of like that Thielen and Chark, where if one goes under, maybe the other goes over. But I, I think generally that's not something I worry about too much. If I think in a vacuum, two bets are plus EV. Um, And with this Dolphins backfield, there's also um, a little bit of, like, Dalvin Cook potential, um, which would immediately, like, tank these numbers by, like, 300. So I I like the Wilson under um, Mostert. We project slightly over his number, I think. I don't remember what it is, but he's 31 um, or around there. He has an injury history. Uh, Maybe A-Chain comes in and does something. Maybe they sign Dalvin, although that's probably less likely. So I, I do like the Wilson. I do like the Mostert. Yeah, he's uh
0: just a lot of questions. and also not a picture of health in his career either. I mean, none of them are. We're also comfortably over on Mostert, uh, but I don't necessarily agree with that as well. And, and maybe I'm overrating the rookie coming in. I just think he's uh you know going to be a pretty exciting option there, and uh, you know some highlight reel runs could be uh, pretty exciting. But Connor yeah, if one
1: up. of them uh if if they sign Dalvin, I mean one of them's going to get cut then, right? Like, I mean. I would assume. I, I haven't looked at any of the cap stuff. I don't know who's more expensive off the top of my head, but, like, I would assume they're not going to carry four backs. I mean, usually it's only only three. So. Most um, and most start covering kicks again. Yeah, like A-Chain's not, like, going to get cut, obviously. They just drafted him, and they love him. So, you know, it would be one of those two would get the boot. And so, obviously, if them landing in, like, another situation, I mean, there's no way they're rushing for 600 yards as, like, a backup or, you know, maybe even third string to whoever, wherever they'd land. So, it's an interesting look. Um, something that Jack talked about too offline was like, kind of be like waiting for the Deandre Hopkins and Dalvin cook news to happen in terms of like, wherever they sign betting the ancillary players like unders. Um, so like, you know, if he goes to the chiefs, like you talked about like MVS unders or like, you know, an auto smash Dalvin, obviously, again, if he goes to the dolphins, like, I mean, just hit both Raheem Mostert and Wilson unders as much as you can. I mean, again, you're probably going to have, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute, like really less. Um, so I mean, download the fantasy life app, fastest slurts in the industry, you know, shout out to them. But I really think that that's like an, that, I mean, again, if if you can find props like this on a PPA, it's just the best place to get it. Most of them don't have it at this point. So like, you know, Caesars right now, if you got it open, just like fire away. Cause those are like, I mean, I'm not going to say free money, but pretty close.
0: Yeah. You should be circling some of the situations that make sense too, right? Like, so like I lean under on Gabe Davis, for instance, already. Um, but he goes to Buffalo and that Gabe Davis number is gone. So, um, you know, there maybe makes some sense even to get on the Gabe Davis number early because I kind of lean that way anyway. And there's a chance that it's 200 yards shorter, uh, you know, in, you know, matter of minutes after he signs. So those are some of the situations. That's a good call on the Dalvin stuff too. So, all right, gentlemen, good stuff as always, Jack, really appreciate it. Uh, let the folks know where they can find uh, all of your content.
2: Yeah, you can find me uh, doing content at Established Around. I'm also uh, involved in the projections and props processes there. And then on Twitter, you can find me at Jack Miller zero two. Thank you guys for having me on. I always love coming on and talking betting. Um, so this was fun.
0: O two is the year that you were born, right? That's why it is 02? No,
2: it was uh, I was born in two thousand one, but okay. that was that was taken, so I just like bumped it up a number. <laughs> <laughs> oh it man, helps him younger already, huh? <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean, as people saw on the show, like it's you know, like I know a lot of old people that don't know shit. So, like, just because Jack's young doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's doing. He's very sharp in his face. I appreciate you greatly. I check out all the content that Jack does over at Establish the Run. Uh, We appreciate it as always. Connor uh, and I will be back with Clark next week when he gets back from his vacation. Um, So, again, take advantage of those deals. We talked about how to leverage the Pick'em sites properly. Promo code 444BET. Five bucks, guys. Five bucks, uh, three-month access to the betting
1: subscription. Larry Allen from Four and Bet Spurs here to bring you an exclusive interview with one of the newest products available for sports bettors, and one that should be extremely interesting to all of our listeners. I know when I heard about it, I was personally thought it was very exciting. So today, we welcome in the CEO and founder of Edge Markets, Sonny Thomas. Sonny, I know you had a jam-packed day today. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, I lost my voice a little bit, but uh, I'm here for you. Appreciate that. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on and been looking forward to this interview since we you know, started talking about the product a couple of weeks back. Um, but yeah, let's just show, jump into it here. We'll start off with the easy one. Uh, what is Edge Boost?
3: Yeah. So it's been a, an, an interesting build. So basically what we're calling it is bet now, pay later. And effectively, it allows you to double down your bet. So just like you know, a firm or afterpay or Klarna, you know, when you're buying a pair of shoes, if you just feel really, really confident about a bet, You basically sign up with us, Uh, we issue you a Visa card that you can link into any of your sports books and every dollar that you deposit into that account, we will actually match it. So it's basically, you know, you get 2X leverage, just like on Robinhood or kind of, you know, on the stock trading app. We want people to be able to kind of have the opportunity to double down when they're extra confident about a certain uh, outcome. Uh, It's 100% zero interest. Uh, There's no fees whatsoever. Uh, And just like, you know, Afterpay and uh, firm. All you do is you pay back, uh, you know, the the principal. So basically, what we gave you uh, over four weeks, you know, four equal installments. But there's no interest and there's no fees.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Seems incredible. And uh, you know, that's it's one of the many reasons I'm excited to use it personally. And so I think that the would you say that the most useful part for the better is the ability to double down to kind of have credit? I mean, all the above, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think that um,
3: you know the especially from like a responsible betting standpoint, I think it's really important to be able to offer something in the market that takes away the competitive advantage from a lot of the bookies. I mean, the number one reason why people still, you know, call their bookies. I call him on a Tuesday, you know, for a Friday game. He fronts me all the cash I don't really have to worry about to the following week. Of course, if I lose, <laughs> I need to figure it out. Right. <laughs> so I think for us, you know, we just want to be your cheapest form of capital. You know, if you still want to use credit cards, payday loans, don't recommend it. But, you know, that's uh, up to everyone individually. Uh, but you should basically tap us out first, you know, be, um, we're completely agnostic of whether you win or lose. Uh, and we're just, a you know, a great source of capital for smart bettors.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you hit on it there specifically, but so how do you ensure that users like use your product responsibly? Because I believe that you have, um, some kind of like specific payment plan to kind of pay the pay it back, right. Or start with lower limits, I believe.
3: Yeah. So we've, uh, you know, we've really thought about this from the beginning, I think, our whole business model is based on giving money to smart people, and obviously having them pay us money back. Uh, especially since you know we're not charging interest on it. So we do a lot of things, uh, both for decreasing the risk on our side, but simultaneously, you know that um, you know essentially kind of builds in a lot of responsibility features. Uh, we're actually a partner with the National Council of Problem Gaming as well, and Bet Blocker, uh, self-exclusion list, you know, kind of all the basic stuff. Uh, but once you sign up, and you know, this is a full banking product. So you do have to go through KYC, and we have to validate you. You know, you actually do have a fully FDIC-insured deposit account uh, at a uh, bank, right? So we have to uh, jump through those hoops for money laundering. Uh, but then you can set limits on your card. You can set up a, a kind of transparent transaction. So if you want to send, you know, all the transactions for a week to your friend or a spouse, I don't know how, how many people <laughs> want to send it to the spouse, but again, up to you. Uh, and then also, uh, when, we, you, when you take out money, we actually do a real-time check on your bank balance as well. Uh, we don't store any of this information, but you have to have four times the amount of cash uh, versus what we're uh, extending out to you. Uh, so again, that mitigates risk for us, but we also want basically people to have you know, uh, cheap capital access, but we also don't want anyone to kind of get in over their heads, Right so we have that and also you start uh with a collateral holds on your car at fifty dollars that can scale up to 200 um sorry twenty five hundred. uh so but if you want to take out that full amount where right, you have to have ten thousand in cash available in your bank account so the idea here is just like you know on Robin Hood right if you um want to get to kind of uh uh get leverage on the, on a stock buy it's like when you just feel confident our thing is it's cheap capital if you win you keep all the winnings right that's just free money for you and the downside risk is there's no interest and you have four weeks. So you have two paychecks to pay us back.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, I think that's such a good fit with our audience specifically. And, and a lot of things that we talk about in here is just, you know, we talk about betting on credit, the, you know, the how that can work and how that's advantageous in certain aspects when betting. And I think that that's important. here now bringing that into like a legal sportsbook aspect, I think is a massive game changer just for the industry as a whole, especially, you know, from a completely legal product. Um, but otherwise I would say, I would ask the question like, which type of betters do you think that this is designed for specifically? Because it seems like you know, I think most of our audience is like intermediate, advanced, yep. rack, rec plus betters, and I th- feel like that's exactly what this product is designed for. Right. One hundred
3: percent. I mean, that's why we called you guys. I mean, I think this is a great fit in terms of audience, and you know, the, our you know our business model is not going after some crazy whales, you know, who need fifty, hundred grand or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's again, it's kind of that the average better that we're seeing in America, you know, kind of in that you know intermediate range. You know, it's about. Maybe three six hundred seven hundred a month, you know, per user, kind of during like their favorite sporting season. Obviously, the NFL kind of you know boosts those stats a little bit. Um, so that's I think where we're a great fit. You know, like I've we have some investors who are like, who cares about an extra thousand bucks? So I was like, Well, you know, <laughs> you're a little bit richer than the average guy.
1: Right. No, that's absolutely and, and one thing you brought up uh a couple minutes ago here was kind of the sign up process specifically, I would compare it similar to like sign up for a sports book. So, you know, I think we talked about a lot of terms there, but yep. I would say it's pretty similar to that. Obviously maybe a little bit more uh, sophisticated in terms of the checks about what's going on in terms of the bank, no, but otherwise but I think it's similar, yeah, right?
3: Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, and actually I think that, you know as we're kind of doing our user testing and everything on the ux if this was a normal consumer product man we'd be dead in the water you know you have to ask a lot of questions but to yeah. your point I think people are uh, very used to this right in the betting world there are a lot of regulations so we have you know we're not regulated as a gaming company but we have all the banking regulations you know that we need to uh, adhere to so it's just a name date uh, a date of birth uh, address And then we do ask for social security, but we don't store any of that. So all of this is encrypted. It gets sent to a company called Alloy, which uh, within two minutes can fully verify you as a user. Uh, we also check you against, you know, politically exposed people and office of foreign <laughs> asset controls and you know, make sure you're not an oligarch. Right. Um, so we, anyways, we do all that, but that's pretty straightforward. Um, once you've kind of been approved, you then need to link a bank account so you can move money into the deposit account. That's all, uh, goes in via plaid. It's super easy. You just type in chase, you know, again, we don't store any of this information. Uh, and then you need to link up a uh, credit or debit card because so that's for the repayments. And also uh, we do collateral holds. Uh, The collateral hold starts at hundred percent for tier one, just so we don't kind of, we can weed out some of the spam accounts Uh, tier two, it drops to 50%. And after that, we always hold one installment um, is collateral, but um, you know, it it drops down pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. And and so when I was thinking about this product and one thing that I asked you specifically was, you know, no interest, no fees. It almost seems like too good to be true in a sense. And so that was like my biggest question when we first met was, you know, how do you guys make money? You're like, what's the business model? You don't have to tell us specifically, but it's just, yeah, I know. Uh, actually, this is something that uh, I want to actually be dive a little bit
3: deeper into because I want this to be very clear. Awesome. But no, no more buy now, pay later. I mean, they have egregious late fees, right? Same as payday loans. I think um, uh, after pay makes like 267% APR or something when you mix in, you know, all these late fees, uh, and then obviously there's just normal interest, right? normal interest actually compounds on a credit card and that's where, you know, people can, uh, you know, get out of hand pretty quickly. So for us, I mean, also you we, know, we had to be regulated, you know, uh, we didn't want to be regulated as a lender. So again, we have no financing fees. We actually even pay for the ACH fees, you know, the 10 cents here and there. So there's not a penny that you ever lose. Um, so that, you know, we don't trigger some of these regulations, but the main way that we make money is, uh, it's what's called interchange fees. So every time you have, know, you use your visa card. Uh, the merchant. So the sports book has to pay a fee. That fee goes to Visa, then it goes to our bank, and then basically, you know, uh, we we get a percentage of those transaction fees. So that fee, you know, ends up being, you know, close to 2% per transaction. Uh, But again, that's basically being paid by the book, not the user. So what you end up with is if, you know, if if the user gives me $100, then I have $100, right? There's now $200 on that card, and we get two percent on the full two hundred dollars me move, so we're actually making four percent per transaction. Uh, and then at minimum, right, our full um, our advances are only four weeks. So that means that at minimum we can cycle our money about twelve times a year. So four times twelve, we're actually making forty-eight percent return on capital a year, which is you know a
1: pretty solid business model. Uh, and we can do all of this without having to gouge our users. Love that. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest point there is people always wondering like, well, free money, you know, it sounds too good to be true. But, uh, you know, kind of after I heard that bit, you know, from you and kind of explaining more in depth, it just makes so much more sense about um, how this is actually such a viable option for people looking to bet, uh, you know, with a little bit of credit on uh, legal books here specifically. I guess the last question I would have is I know that you guys have a little bit of a waiting list right now. So people should probably get in ASAP. So that way they're good to go for, you know, maybe later in the summer, but definitely good to go by football season, right?
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, so it's kind of like a first now, uh, first come, first served, you know, model right now. Uh, so, you know, we're working with our bank. We kind of have to we do batches of, uh, of account releases. If you were to sign up today, you would probably be, get an account around uh, in July. Uh, but then what we're doing is we have about uh, it's kind of this two months where we kind of you know have to turn on batches but by kind of end of august heading into the nfl season we'll be able to turn on about 20 or thirty thousand users uh kind of get uh, get psyched for that but yeah I mean, we've had a lot of demand right now so actually you know our wait list is already about a month long uh so yeah uh, come on by sign up and uh yeah get in line
1: I absolutely love it senny uh, you know i appreciate you taking the time to come on here because i'm personally very excited i know that our users will be as well um yeah so you, if you guys want to sign up now you can find the link in the bio find it in the description of the podcast depending on where you're listening to this but you know i appreciate you guys all listening and senny uh we will talk soon
3: thank you so much this is a perfect format for this and uh a great way to kind of dig in so thank you so much connor appreciate it cheers